You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hope you brought an apple for the teacher, because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome to another episode of the Star Seminar. We are two professors who put the endowed in endowed chair. I'm Rabble Rouser, and with me is my co-host, Danny Phantom. Mr. Phantom, Dr. Phantom, dare I say. How are you today, sir? Uh, you know, I'm hanging in there. Uh, it's been a long week. Um, I'm actually traveling for work, so uh, I'm actually in uh, the Bay Area as we speak. Um, but I, I am looking forward to, I am going to catch uh, a Giants game. Uh, you know, the San Francisco Giants is my favorite baseball team. And um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I, you know, I have not, you, I mean, you may know this about me or I know you do Rabs, but, uh, I don't watch my teams live because I just, you know, I get, I have anxiety with that. I just like to watch it on TV so I can hear the sound and stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I am looking forward. I have not seen their, their new stadium. It's one of the things I've, I've been wanting to do. Um, uh, I did go to candlestick. I saw it back, you know, a long time ago, but, uh, so I'm excited about just, you know, the environment, the, the, um, just being, you know, seeing that ballpark, it's a really nice ballpark, and I, I can't, I'm looking forward to doing that. So I will be watching that game tonight's game. Uh, uh, they're playing the Padres. So, yeah, excited about that. Um, I was going to ask you, Rabs, um, if you, like, had a favorite baseball park or, you know, what, uh, you know, what, what stadium do you like to go to? Uh, that's a great question. Before I jump into that, I will say that um, you were mentioning Candlestick. I would, uh, the first baseball game I ever attended was at Candlestick. It was in the oh, 75 or 6 or something. Um, uh, doubleheader, Mets at Giants, and the Giants swept. Um, so uh, interesting, interesting that you asked me that because a few years ago, it's been quite a few years now, probably 15, maybe, maybe a little bit more years ago, I... Um, I was living on the East Coast, but I was returning to California for my final year of grad school, and I decided that I was going to um, drive my car across the country and see as many baseball games as I could. So I actually ended up seeing like 17 games in 15 days. Ooh. And sometimes I saw a couple games at the same stadium. So I like I drove I drove into St. Louis and saw a night game, and then I then the following day they had a, a day game. So I saw the day game, and then I you know then I drove to Kansas City, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so it was pretty great. I mean, I, I'd seen most of the, most of the ballparks on, on the West coast already. Um, 
you know, living up in living up down in California. I've I've not been to Seattle yet, but I've probably seen twenty plus of the of the baseball stadiums. Um, and uh, there's some, there, you know, there's some. I just love baseball stadiums. I, I get, a, you know, especially now that each one has a slightly different configuration. I will say that uh, in, that, in that particular trip. I had an unusual favorite, though. Uh, I did get. I'd, I'd been to Fenway before. I'd been to Yankee Stadium before. They were not part of this particular trip. Um, and I did go to Wrigley for the first time. And that was actually one of the places where I saw two games. But um, Wrigley was a, a definite favorite. I mean, it's awesome being at Wrigley, and the environment was great, especially for a day game. But I will say that my favorite stadium on the entire trip was PNC in Pittsburgh. Ooh, yeah, it's a really, really great stadium, and it's really well built, and it. Um, and just like the way that they situated it there on the, on the riverfront um, where, you know, you can, if you sit in the stands and you look out over the outfield, you can see the Pittsburgh skyline. Uh, it's just really, really smart. And it's a, it's a great, it's a great experience and it's a great, it's a great little stadium. I was really impressed with it. And um, yeah, watch the, watch the pirates lose to the Astros, <laughs> but that, that, that didn't matter. That was, it was a stadium. The stadium was awesome. Oh, that's pretty cool. I can't believe you have so many uh, stadiums. Under your belt, that's quite the resume of uh, ballparks. There, that's man. I need to get out and watch more baseball. I guess that's what that's what that time. I, I I strongly encourage it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, for those that were was with us last week, you may know that we brought the Oxnard gang in with us, and we were able to run down the roster and talk about players on the offensive side of the ball. So today we are going to bring back those guys and we are going to switch it up and talk about the defense. So what do you think, Rabs? You ready for this? Yeah, man. Let's get them in here and start talking about uh, what, what, you know, what we're going to be looking for in Oxnard from some of these defensive players. Can't wait. All right. So we got you, McCactus, and uh, Tony Thompson joining us. So, all right, let's get these guys in. Okay, I think I'm going. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready to go. Yep. Okay. It is once again my succinct pleasure to welcome into the classroom two of the most knowledgeable Cowboys fans I know, Tony Thompson and Yuma Cactus. Gentlemen, thanks for coming and joining us for a second week in a row. How are you today? I'm quite well, thanks. Your the, these introductions, man, just give me such a big ego. I just leave here. I start telling my wife all sorts of crazy things because you know you always speak so highly of us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad to be in out of the heat. So uh, we have a lively chat. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, I'll tell you what. So last week we started to, uh, with the offense, and so today we're going to shift to the defense. Why don't I kick things off by um, asking you all, what are you thinking about uh, looking for at training camp um, from the defensive end group? Well, we want to see, uh, you know, the new guy, of course. Um and but I, I think I'm really interested in Dante Fowler. See, because at some point he had something and then he signed with uh, Quinn in Atlanta. So obviously, you know, Quinn thought a lot of him and then he left shortly after that. So it never got to really see 
mm-hmm. what Quinn was going to unleash with Fowler. So I'm really looking forward to seeing some Tyron versus Fowler stuff. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm looking. Is there a Randy uh, Gregory facsimile? Um, some and I think you know. We hope it's Dorrance Armstrong. We hope it's like Dante Fowler, but like um, I think we've all been burned by Dorrance Armstrong in you know many training camps where he always seems to be the next guy. And so I, no matter what, there is nothing that Dorrance Armstrong can do in this training camp or preseason that will make me believe that he will actually be able to do it on Sundays just because I feel like we've seen it at least two years in a row now. So it's really like, can Sam Williams be that dude? Um, and how quickly is he going to be able to do that? Do you think that uh, Armstrong showed, you know, a, a step forward, you know, in, in what you saw last year? I mean, I know I, I get what you're saying, but, I, I mean, sometimes these guys take a little bit longer to develop, and I almost felt like he might have turned, maybe rounded a corner um, last year. And so I, I'm curious to see if maybe he – I can't, I don't know, you guys remember how excited they were in the war room when they drafted him? I mean, it's like they got him, like he was some huge steal. So I know that they see something in this guy, and uh, he's flashed something. So I don't know. Part of me thinks that maybe, now that we're not expecting it, that this could be, you know, the year that we see something in him. I certainly think that's possible. Um, I just, my biggest, my biggest issue with, uh, like, Dorrance Armstrong is, like, Sometimes I just don't even know he's there. Um, and it's like sort of the worst trait for a player that you're expecting anything from where it's like, did, it's like, did Dorrance Armstrong play today? Um, and you're really, you know, you're just not even totally sure that he did. Yeah, I think we got to remember, too, that like Armstrong, what's he going to, what is he like, 24 still? I mean, there's a, a lot of rookies coming in that he's basically the same age and they're rookies this year and he's already got what? four years in uh, Mm -hmm. and he has progressed. I think last year he did take a step and start to show up a little more. Sure. Um, So at the end of the season, uh, for example, I mean, in the last four games, he recorded at least a half a sack of each of them. So, you know, ending the season with three sacks in four games, you know, if you do that all year long, you're, uh, you know, going to get a gigantic contract at some point at at the very least. So I certainly think it's possible. It's just, it's one of those things until it happens like regularly on a Sunday. I'm just, I'm absolutely not going to believe it uh, because you guys know my heart is made of stone. I can testify. This is true. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I think that someone said earlier that they're, that we're looking for, you know, a Randy Gregory facsimile. And I think that that's right. That's the thing I'm going to be looking for. I think they've got a really nice collection of, Guys who are pretty good at setting the edge and playing the run. Guys who uh, hustle and can get cleanup sacks if someone else disrupts, but they don't have that like speed presence um, that really like you know strikes fear into offensive tackles. Um, I think I think that you know certainly Demarcus Lawrence does strike fear into offensive tackles, but not because of his speed, not because he's going to, you know, get by you with one incredible step off the line of scrimmage at the snap. And so they need, they need that guy. And, and maybe Fowler still got the juice. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm definitely going to be watching carefully. And of course I'm going to be watching the, the rookie uh, D Williams because you know, the, the news coming out of 
rookie minicamp. And again, it's rookie minicamp. And he was going up against like, you know, one of their fifth rounders um, who went well, to like, a, a, a division nine school. But um, he, you know, uh, he's, he looks like he's got a little bit of juice. So uh, let's see if he can continue that when the veterans uh, join the rookies. Um, Isn't there something to be said about uh, a guy when you're going in like straight up pass rush drills where he's just continually like beating you to the outside? Um, you know what I mean? It's like, I know that's like, well, let's go and whoever else is out there trying to block him, but it's like, you know what he's going to do. And he's still beating you there. Um, in a, in a pass rush drill. I don't know. Um, I certainly have higher hopes, um, for him than others. And then I, I had a question for you guys. Do you feel, I feel better about the defensive ends this year than I do. than I feel like I did this time last year, despite not having Randy Gregory, who I think mm-hmm. we can all generally agree is better than, any of the other uh, the guys out here, other well, than Marcus Lawrence, of course. He's better when he's playing. I mean, it, you know, it's been his whole career of, sure. you know, you never know. I mean, you just never know. But one thing to think about, too, is that out of all the defensive ends, last year Basham had more snaps than any of them, you know, by a pretty good margin, too. Uh, so... I mean, definitely going to upgrade from that, I'm thinking. I don't even know if Basham, you know, makes the squad this year. Yeah, I mean, I to what to Tony, what Tony's asking, it's, I mean, we're certainly deeper. I mean, this is a really deep group. I mean, you're going through, and, and I'm trying to sort out, like, who, uh, who's going to get the playing time? Where's, who's, where's, how's the reps going to be, you know, divvied up? And, you know, when you got a player like Terrell Basham in the mix, too. And, and let's not forget, you know, Chauncey Golston. I mean, what are we going to see? from him um so there, and there's i don't know there's a lot of bodies and uh i i don't know i mean it's hard to, to say that maybe that we're better because gregory just has that you know that when he's playing i mean he's a he's a game record and, um but it's it's not out of the question so i mean i wouldn't like say i wouldn't bet against it completely because there's some they got some players all right so i'm got not it. saying this is i'm not saying this is like what's going to happen but like those Seahawks defenses in the um, you know early two thousand twenty tens, I don't know what they're called, the aughts, um, in the early aughts um, that were so successful, they never had a high end pass rusher. Which we actually have like two of them, you know, depending on where Micah Parsons is lining up, and obviously Demarcus Lawrence. But they had, but they had waves and waves of dudes who would just never they, like nobody was ever tired. Um, so I don't know. I'm just thinking like there's. One, two, three, four, like six dudes. Like I feel generally comfortable with playing defensive end, and that does not count. Uh, that does not count, Mike Parsons. Yeah, I, in fact, I completely retract what I said. Uh, yes, we're better. We're we're better at defensive end. I just, I don't know what I was thinking. Space and that Micah Parsons on the edge. I mean, he's going to get his reps for sure. How whether they use him as much as some of us would like or not, he's going to get his reps and. I mean that guy right there is just yeah so yeah we're 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 not only we're better and we're deeper I mean that's that's my thought I agree I, I, I agree I think that they the ceiling might not be as high for this group as last year's group but the floor is definitely higher you know yeah. there's just, there's just a lot of guys who can play who can make plays they might not be you know the dynamic elite edge rushers but there's a lot of guys who are going to make some plays and they're going to get a lot of they're going to get a lot of hustle sacks and that kind of thing this year i think yeah no i, I agree um and i i mean this is going to be year two of 
of Micah Parsons. And I mean, who mm-hmm. knows what we? I mean, could this guy be pushing 17 sacks? This, I mean, who knows? I mean, this guy, he's 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 an ama- amazing player. And um, him and Tank on the edges, it's like, and then you throw in the you know the rookie and and the always contributing Dorrance Armstrong. I don't, yeah, this could be. I it could be one of those like Seahawk defenses, you know, where it's just like. They got so many different people coming at you and, uh, and lining up from different positions all over the place because those guys could go come from anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I definitely feel really good about the edge. Yeah, I got just, a question. Just getting tank for the whole season would be a, a big upgrade right there because he didn't – how many games did he miss? I don't even know. Right. Like all of it. Um, hey, I got another question for you guys. Um, you pick one defender and – uh, the entire defense takes on that identity. Who do you pick? Out of a, one defender on the roster, and the defense takes on that. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, got to be Micah. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know that it's. I, I mean, <laughs> it's weird because I love. I mean, Tank's got to. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's got to be Micah. Micah, Diggs, or Tank? One of those three, I would think. No, it's uh, his identity. I'm taking Tank. His ability. I'm taking Micah. I'd li- I'd like to have eleven guys with that kind of talent. Yeah, but um, I mean, but- Micah's Micah's got. I mean, that guy's. He's. I think he's he got- seems. He seems to have the sort of like Dak, uh, the Prescottian um, leadership abilities. Where um, I don't know if Demarcus. Um, I don't know if the, everyone listens to him as much as um, it seems. Like when he's not playing a lot of games where uh, Micah seems to be the dude who's just like, we didn't win. We can't blame anybody. We need to be better. Um, and I don't know. I, I was, I, my, my second pick would have been DeMarcus Lawrence for sure. I was just wondering what you guys thought about it. Yeah, I think the competitiveness with, with uh, Parsons is just something. To me, it's unreal for to see someone that young. You know, he, I mean, he's, you know, you could just see it in him. So, I mean, I, I, that's, that's, to me, that's what separates him with, uh, not, not to say that, Tank doesn't have that, but you know he's got all the the ferociousness. He's got the qualities that that Lawrence has, but I also think he just wants to be in in every play. You know, he just got that relentless, just constant. Whereas Tank, to me, he understands how this game is. You know, he knows it's a it's a journey. You know, and but uh, Micah doesn't know that. He's yeah. He's all he's ready to just you know finish it. Like this is the only game on on the docket. So. Uh, like yeah. when he was mad in the when he was mad in the preseason that Dan yes, would love to go back right. Yeah, that that was when I when I saw that I'm like I'm I'm gonna like this guy. Yeah, that encapsulated him right there I mean, or his attitude anyway. It wasn't even just like a you know he didn't ask just like once or twice. He was really like you know almost like whimpering and whining. He I mean he 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 really wanted to you know I've never seen a player you know that, you know advocate so much to try to get back in the game. A meaningless game. Mm-hmm. So, so I think one of the things about the, the defensive ends, of, you know, especially since they're such a talented deep group, they're probably going to kick inside and uh, play some defensive tackle, especially in um, in passing situations. Not unlike uh, the Seahawks defenses that uh, Tony was referencing earlier. Um, but when they're not doing that, we do have a group of defensive tackles. What do you guys think of this group, and what are you looking for from them at training camp? I want to see, like, continued ascension from Osa, Odigizua, uh, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I I want to know, because he hit that rookie wall last year pretty hard, 
you know, I feel like in the first, you know, don't quote me on this. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I feel like his best football was played, you know, sort of like weeks, like three through 10, where we're like, is this guy really good? And then, you know, down the stretch, I think he faded a little bit, um, you know, which is bound to happen. So I want to see that sort of second year leap and can he become a legitimate, uh, you know, sort of, because he could play off, uh, you know, four downs now, I guess, but he could play every snap and can he be uh, super effective doing it? Yeah, I think he wore down too. I mean, he had by far the most snaps of any of the uh, DTs. So, he played so much in preseason too. Like they right. were, because they were so banged up inside that he had played like, it felt like two whole games before the season started just because they had to, you know, field the roster out there. Yeah. Well, does anybody remember what Tristan Hill's status was early on? I know that Gallimore was injured, but. What... Hill also, yeah, he was so that, still. He was on. He was, he was pop. on pop, I think. Yeah, yeah so Diggy was so. just out there all the time. Okay, so, all right. So that explains that a little bit. Uh, I, uh, I'm i excited about Osa too, but I'm wondering about – I was excited about Gallimore in, in mm-hmm. his second year mm-hmm. last year, but then, of course, he got hurt. And so I guess he's the probably the player I'm most intrigued with because I think that, I mean, I think he had a great rookie season. and. He, he he flashed some ability to where I can I could see him being I don't I don't want to say Malik Collins because he's such a boring player and people don't think you know Malik Collins is just like a you know jag not no jag but he's not like a you know a playmaking defensive tackle but to me I I always thought he was very effective and I was seeing things like that with Gallimore I thought he was just kind of picking right up and possibly even maybe taking you know the next step. And so I'm that that's the player I'm curious to see if can he turn into to legit, you know, you know, three tech um, for the Cowboys. Alamore to me is like, I feel like his ceiling is like above average starter, um, which is certainly, you know, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, so I'm like, I feel like he's, um, I don't know. I, I feel like the range of outcomes for him is lower uh, for me. Like, I think that he's already decent. So I think he can get slightly better. Um, I just, um, I don't know. I'm Something about him has never excited me the way other people. He doesn't seem particularly great at, like, rushing the passer. Um, and he's not, like, really big enough to be the kind of guy, you know, that the Cowboys hate so badly um, and will never draft. <laughs> so, yeah, right, so, are you guys, if, if you had to go right now and snap count, you're, you're taking, you think, a diggy out counts, uh, Gallimore, where, where, where do you, where's your mind at as far as between those two? Who's who gets the most reps there? I think it'll really be pretty question. even, you know, um, provided Neville is healthy this year, which, uh, you know, at this point he is. So I'm going to say that it's going to be very close. Um, you know, uh, Bohanna had a lot of snaps too. But Hill also, I mean, I know they played him at one and three, so – or did they ask him to bulk up more and play more one or who, you know, is, is Tristan Hill. Here's another question. Uh, when I'm at training camp, is Tristan Hill even going to make the team? That was actually the question I was just getting ready to ask. That's a great question. What do you guys think? You know, that here's I think, a, I think not. I, you know, I, I, I agree. And, and the only reason, the reason is because why, 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 what's he there for? I mean, you don't want him taking reps from, you know, these, these players that are trying like Gallimore and uh, and Diggy and because uh, where does he really fit? And I I don't I don't know. I think he would really have to 
show something. To, this is what I think happens. I think it's almost like a, a taco situation where they, they try to deal him. And maybe he's doing something in preseason that say, hey, look at him. You know, that he's pretty good. He, he's got something. And they try to get some late-round pick or something. He's one of those. I think, the, I think the only way he's there is if there's an injury to Gallimore or Odigizua, uh, just because I think he's the only one um, outside of it on the defense, like um, the defensive tackles that are currently rostered that sort of fit that mold where he might give you a little bit of juice in the past, uh, you know, as a pass rusher from time to time. Um, and certainly, you know, Bohanna, Ridgeway, Carlos Watkins aren't really ever going to do that. Yeah. And you know what? Right. So he might be able to give you a little, a little bit of something from the one where, you know, or they just kick one of the threes to one or double three techniques or something like that. He's not a bad, if you look at him, it, like that's your third defensive tackle. I mean, I'm not, I mean, he's roster worthy in my opinion. It just, it could just come down to like, how do the Cowboys want to manage their play? I mean, they can't keep like six defensive tackles or whatever. No, well, that's my, yeah. How many, uh, Rabble, maybe you have to know this better than anybody, um, just because you're so old. Uh, how many defensive linemen uh, can the Cowboys possibly keep? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, young man. <laughs> uh, I think they, they I think it really depends on how many defensive ends they keep. Uh, they 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 can usually they can go as high as eleven defensive linemen total. Right. So, right. so I mean, I, we've seen we've seen them keep six if there's a dude who's injured and dinged up. Um, you know, during the at least at least for through the first round of cuts, it's possible. Because um, I count like six defensive ends who I can't imagine not making the roster. Right. Um, yeah. And then like I think it's Gallimore, Diggy, Bohanna, Ridgeway. I think they will all be on the roster. You know, obviously this is a healthy roster. And then comes down to like Carlos Watkins or Tristan Hill. Right. Yeah. Well, nope. well let me let me ask you this because this is another interesting question. Will Ridgeway and Bohanna both be on the roster, or is it an either or? Mm. That's a that's a good question. I feel I think they both will because they're so young, and it's hard. Like if you want to go Ridgeway, um, I think they I think they've learned their lesson with uh, Odigizu last year. Not that they had much of a choice. That's like you just can't count on a young guy, um, you know, playing that many. You know, they just can't play that long during their rookie season. It's just such a big jump in the amount of games they have to play. Uh, and also, obviously, uh, upgraded physical comp- uh, competition. Um, but dang, I wouldn't be surprised if only one of them made it. I guess. Yeah, I uh, I think they got to keep them both. I think it's, it can't be unless Bohana is like really they they see enough to like this guy's not what we thought and he's not taking any step. I think they got to keep Bridgeway, give him the least an opportunity. But so this got me thinking. I mean, I didn't realize it. we we do we have too many defensive linemen and. I, I'm almost thinking now, and you can tell me if you agree, and I'd hate to go, I'm not meaning to go back to defensive end, but I would predict that only one of these two make the roster, and, and that's Basham or Fowler. I don't know that they would keep them both. I don't think then they would be Basham out for me, just because Fowler fits like that sort of right end um, mold that uh, you know, Quinn likes where he's quicker. Like Basham's not Basham's not fast. Yeah, but unless unless Fowler turns out to just do nothing, suck. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. But I and I honestly don't. I'd be surprised if they both make the team. I think one of them has to because you're looking at those guys. They're not long term solutions. They're just kind of bridge players and stuff. And you got to you want to get 
those other guys snapped and get them in there. I mean, you just signed Armstrong. You don't want him to just sit there and just, you know, special teams only. And um, so, yeah, I just, I can't see two, two veterans that are, I mean, really just me- mediocre at best. Uh, they they both serve the same purpose to me. And so I just, let's just pick the best one and then get rid of the other one. Yeah. And also on top of what you're saying, um, which is a really excellent point, um, you know, you can keep uh, six defensive ends, you know, but uh, do you need to keep six defensive ends if you have Michael Parsons? Right. Yeah. No. No. Take- no. If they have if they have good health coming out of training camp, then that would be a, that would seem like a luxury. Yeah. And really you know, would. the only way the Cowboys can mismanage their defensive end position group is by overplaying those other guys, taking snaps away from Michael Parsons. To me, I think so. You don't want. Too many defensive ends, in my opinion. You got to get Mike has got to get his snaps in there, or else you're doing something wrong, in my opinion. What's yeah, your um? Oh, go ahead, Yuma. How often do they did he actually? I mean, other than maybe like the Charger game or the, some of those uh, early season, how many times did he actually line up as a defensive end? A lot of times he was just kind of just peppering the a gap or. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if he actually lined up as a defensive end all that much. I don't have those numbers, but it doesn't seem like he did. Uh, it was a fairly significant amount of time, at least. Um, not like, not compared to the, everyone else. Like for pass rush snaps specifically, I know it was like half of what, you know, TJ Watt had done. Um, I don't know what that breaks down to at edge, but he was, I mean, he was certainly more effective on the edge than he was up the middle. I was getting, you know, we were getting to the point of the season where I felt like every time they try to rush him up the middle um, on that, you know, like the pepper gap blitz, whatever people call it, um, they were, that was not working so well, like him lining up over the center. Um, so I think I agree that like, we need to get him on the edge, you know, five, 10 times a game um, if possible. And if you're doing that, I don't know where these other guys get snaps. Yeah. Yep, I agree. And I, I do, I think Watkins to me, going back to defensive tackle, I, I don't see him. I see him making the team. To me, I think he's he's a very kind of underrated. I mean, he's a valuable, you know, veteran presence at you know at the nose that you know they can. There's something they can rely on with the other guys, Ridgeway and Bahana. It's like we don't really know, and uh, I think you need to have you need to have a player like Watkins on on the team. Um, so if Watkins makes it, um, I would guess that means Bohana or Ridgeway don't. Um, just because I feel like they're, you know, at least semi-similar, like they're going to be sort of just like for run-stuffing purposes. Yeah, well, that's, remember, I mean, it depends on, it's like, I'm I'm going to say Hill's out. So we got two, three techs there, really, and then, yeah, five, five defensive tackles, five edge rushers, maybe, if Fowler or Basham's out. It's a lot of mm-hmm. defensive tackles. I mean, defensive mm-hmm. end, defensive linemen. Oh, yeah, that, so ten total, and uh, yeah, I think ten total is and that's, normal. But like Rab said, they some you know they've kept eleven. So yeah, I, I think there's even been a couple of years where they went as high as twelve when they um, when they had guys who were dinged just too because they had to keep them on, they had to keep them on the roster. But yeah, I think the eleven is probably the target we should be looking at. So, um, how about, and I think, part, you know, part of this, the, the, you know, we're talking about Micah Parsons being a defensive end and a linebacker. Um, 
part of me wonders if they if they might have to go a little heavy because they're so thin at linebacker. So, what do we think uh, of this linebacker group? Um, obviously, we know Parsons is the is the sort of you know the spirit totem for this defense. But what do we think about the rest of the group? And uh, what are you looking for from this group in Oxnard in in July slash August? Is Jabril Cox um, healthy right now? Does anyone know? He should be. He got, I mean, it wasn't that late in the year when he got hurt, was it? No, it was the Giants like game, I, right? Yeah, it was on, yeah I, I don't remember. It was yeah. on special teams is all I know. And was, we didn't even know about it right away. Oh, no, he, yeah, it was the Giants game because he made a fourth. Didn't he make like a fourth down stop? Oh, or something? yeah. That's why I didn't yeah. know. I was at that game, and he made that. He uh, killed poor Daniel Jones. Yeah, um, he and then he later Daniel on, Jones into the, into the turf, and then got and then promptly got injured. <laughs> yeah, um, cool. Um, so uh, that was early on. That was September or October, yeah. uh, something like that. Week early eight. October, late September. Week no, eight. it was was it week eight? I thought it was the earlier yeah. week than that. No, it's week eight. Oh Jesus! November, um, November it, one. All I want to know is if Jabril Cox is healthy, um, because if he's not healthy, I don't know what they're going to do at linebacker. Yeah, I think that they're going to. To me, I, I see them signing somebody, some some cheap veteran, just to bring in there to give them another body. To me, I think they're missing bodies. I think that health could be an issue because you don't want to get a situation where you're forced to play Mike solely at that position. But I think because and remember, Vander Esch came off his first healthy season in his career. So I mean we we can't count on that happening again. So I think that they they need some need some bodies. To, so to me, I, I still think there's a player not on the roster at linebacker that is going to make this team. You know, I don't know who, mm-hmm. but but um, you know, somebody that won't be exciting. I think that we'll see like some fun Devin Harper plays in training camp because sure. it's so hard to watch everybody at once. So we will notice when Devin Harper is like carrying you know, like Tony Pollard somehow down the, you know, sideline. We're like, wow, who is that? Is that number 50? Wow, that guy looks good. And then we're going to miss the times where uh, Devin Harper has no idea what he's doing and uh, gets burned by everybody. Um, but I, I'll be interested in him because he at least has, I think he's almost a lock for the roster because of what he'll be able to do on special teams because he's you know obviously fast enough. So like my prayer is Devin Harper becomes so good that by next year we're like, all right, um, we can't have Devin Harper play uh, special team snaps. So my pipe dream is that he is awesome and, um, like, as quickly as possible. And awesome, I mean, for, like, a rookie fifth-round pick um, is what, what I mean to say. Right, and there was a, there was a few people, uh, pundits or whatever, who were saying that Hansford was actually a better linebacker than Harper, but he's just a, a physical freak, uh, RAS, you know raw athletic score freak. So mm-hmm. then Hansford can battle it out with uh, Luke Gifford for the uh, right. slow, slow man award. Right. Yeah. There, there's, you know, that's a good name to bring up because there's always, there's always your Francis Bernards or your just, or your Luke Giffords, you know, the ones that will, you know, some undrafted free agent guy comes out of nowhere and just like really impresses during preseason. And, uh, you know, maybe that could be the, the last linebacker and, uh, so yeah, yeah, but yeah, that, uh, with Gifford, I mean, he led the team with spe- in special team snaps. So if if somebody's going to replace him, that of course that's what they're going to be doing. Yeah, uh, and remember we talked about last last episode how important it is to keep those two hundred and fifty pound 
range type players mm-hmm. on the roster because you got to fill out your special teams lines with those guys for the most part right. now the new special teams rules so they can't really afford to go light and at linebacker unless they're all unless they're going to go heavy at tight end and fullback or something like that you know and so i think i think, I think we're going to get it we're going to have a i think that um Whoever said they're going to draft a vet or bring a veteran guy and is, is right on. It's probably going to be a guy who's been a sort of middle of middle of the roster, bottom of the roster kind of guy, but plays a lot of good, reliable special teams. Uh, I don't know that we'll get bring anybody on who gets you know a lot of defensive snaps unless there's a major injury in training camp. Um, I think that because you know we've talked about this before, they really are are running a two linebacker defense, so it's going to be it's going to be Micah and. Van Der Esch and then maybe Cox and um, and really J. Ron Curse is the other linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Curse is the other linebacker, and oftentimes it's Micah and Curse. You know, so he's the second linebacker in in you know in their nickel, which is really their base now. Yeah, we don't need anybody. So like- we can get away with no linebackers. We just have a one of our one of our edge rushers play and our our, our strong safety play. Like just That's they right. can handle That's it. Right. Perfect. Let's somebody buy Marcus uh, linebackers don't matter.com. Um, I assume that uh, <laughs> like, I feel like it feels like if it's like Parsons, Van Der Esch, Cox, Gifford, and then Harper, um, does anyone else make the team other than, uh, you know, the you know, free agent du jour or 53 down, you know, man, cut down that guy that sneaks on the roster at the end. Mm-hmm. Pro- probably like somebody that, some you know, undrafted guy, or I mean, I think so because, like Rab says, you know, they they need bodies, so they they there needs to be a certain amount. I could I could see one of those type players making the team because you don't want to go too thin at the at linebacker, even though you like, you know we don't need that many and we have so much flex with other guys. But um, and I mean, who's to say Harper? I mean, look, was he the he's the sixth rounder, right? So I mean, he could be practice squad guy. I mean, it could be somebody else other, besides sure. Harper. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's going to be one of those type like Francis Bernards, and just there there will be someone of, of of the handful of guys they have, someone that will show out enough to to maybe earn that last roster spot. I just think he's too fast. Um, I don't know, just for uh, special teams purposes, I think he's going to be so valuable there, like right away. Yeah, yeah it, it seems pretty clear that the, one of their offseason goals, it seems it seems like a weird goal because this guy was so down roster, but one of their offseason goals was to upgrade the Francis Bernard position and to get a much more athletic guy there. And mm-hmm. I, they've got a couple of candidates. I think that's you know, I think that seems to be a, 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 a real evident priority for them because they you, they just need that athleticism on, on teams. Yeah, and, and Rabs, you or in Yuma, you too, all y'all, um, can he get away with? Because to me, Harper just seems like like he's incredibly raw in the sense of just understanding. And I, I don't expect him to be getting any defensive reps. But can you be that lost and still be fine on on special teams and just get by with your speed and everything and still find a, a role? Is that is that something that that he can get away with? You guys, have you seen players like that sneak on the roster that are just like really don't I mean, have? I think people have made entire careers off of that. See ball, hit ball. Um, like Matthew Slater in new England, he's like, you know, widely renowned as like the best special teams player in football. That's like not a return man. And that guy's never played a snap basically anywhere else. Um, I just, I think it's easier to teach a special teams guy to be like, literally don't leave this lane, um, and run Mm -hmm. down there and kill somebody. 
Mm-hmm. Also, last year, for the record, they only kept four linebackers. That's possible. And like CJ Goodwin is is a. I mean, I don't think I don't know if he's ever taken a snap at cornerback for the Cowboys. I don't think so. But uh, he might he might have been a blowout or something. But it's yeah. I mean, he's it was dark times for sure. He's right. he there, yeah. There's no um. There's never a plan for him to get defensive snaps. Yeah, as far as I know, he didn't take any last year. This is wild, though, because uh, when I first um, met Rabble um, a couple years ago, um, it was like him and uh, Landon that you guys are familiar with, obviously. Um, and these guys wouldn't shut up about how awesome the linebackers were. And I was like, yeah, they are going to be really good. That's when Jalen Smith was coming up with his great year. And mm-hmm. Van Der Esch, you know, the sky was the limit. Yeah. And now, you know, we're a couple years down the road and we're like, all right, well, Van Der Esch is a body. And at least we have Micah Parsons. Um, and then after that, it's like, I have no idea what we're doing anymore. So it's crazy how you go from, you know, what a lot of people thought, not just these two, um, was a top tier linebacker score to be like, all right, our best linebacker is actually our best edge rusher. And behind that, uh, J- our safety is our best linebacker. Well, like you said, running backs don't matter.com. That's right. Yeah. You know, and then it, we could be talking about this again, you know, this time next year, and we could be talking about how great the position group is because, you know, if, if, if Jabril gets in there and he shows something, and then now then they get uh, De- Devon Clark healthy, and it's like, yeah, that's a, a huge one there. So, I mean, people are so excited about Clark, um, and I get it. Um, and I, I hope he shows up this year. I, I know that at least the Jones boys are holding out hope that he can play, um, you know, like just sort of be a pup guy or uh, what is it, NFI. Um, anyway, um, I'm hyped for him. Uh, everybody is so excited uh, that, like, for how good of a player he is. Maybe it's because two of the biggest draft nerds on Cowboys Twitter are uh, two LF, you know, former LSU um, <laughs> alumni. Um, but, yeah, people are really hyped for him. So I think going into mm-hmm. next year with, like, Cox and him and Parsons could be uh, super exciting with, like, a really athletic uh, group of dudes who can – do exactly what you need a modern linebacker to do. I know Jim and, Nagy and that's, and that's was really linebacker, high. right? Sorry, yeah. you want to go ahead? I was just saying Jim Nagy, the senior bowl guy, was really high on Clark, too. He mm-hmm. he was really glad that he got drafted. In all fairness, that dude's high on everyone that shows up to a senior bowl, sure. and I respect it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of – he's a little bit of a – it's self-serving. I mean, if you look, if you look at what what Quinn did when he was in Atlanta, he got a, it was a lot of really sort of slightly undersized, very athletic linebackers. A lot of guys who were drafted in, on day two, um, who you know, a lot of speed, and and you can see him, you know, remaking the linebacker room here. So yeah, I think you know either sometime later this year or next year, it's going to be really interesting because it is going to be a it's going to be a really fun athletic group. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of fun athletic groups, uh, what do we think about the cornerbacks? Are we, are we? What are you looking for from our corners uh, in Oxnard in this upcoming training camp? I'm I'm wondering if one of them will be in the longest yard too. Um, is my first uh, concern. Um, other than that, um, I'm looking forward to Trayvon Diggs uh, guarding CD Lamb again because I think that uh, like last year I was like, you know, rookie year Trayvon Diggs were like, yeah, he seems pretty good for a rookie, but you know. I don't want to get too high off of everything. And then last year I was like, Trayvon Diggs is the only guy that could guard CeeDee Lamb. Um, he's like giving him actual problems, which, um, you know, we watched CeeDee Lamb put on like sort of the Des Bryant daily catch uh, show that people had become accustomed to way back when. Um, so I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to just like selfishly the Diggs Lamb battles. I hope they don't do it that much because I was really nervous every time those two would go to the ground uh, trying to, you know, fight each other for the ball. So I don't need that much of it. Um, and then like, uh, is Kelvin Joseph good? And is he allowed to play football? Yeah, that's the, whoever he's playing against is who I'm excited to see. Cause I'm, I'm hoping to see some battles with Joseph and, you know, somebody and, and I'm, I'm hoping on, on field battles, on field battles, battles. um, I, I mean, I'm not holding my breath that he's going to pan out, but you know, it would be, it would be fun if, if he was, if he saw that kind of like. I remember Jordan Lewis's first, you know, rookie season and how he was always getting in with it with Dez and something. So it'd be nice if right. we saw some of that with with Joseph. And uh, I, um, I'll tell you who I'm not excited to see, and um, you know, he's from my neck of the woods is uh, Nashawn Wright. I honestly think that he's. I don't. I don't think he makes the roster. I think they goofed with him. Um, I think. You know, they, you look at the build that they have. I think that they have close to that with their their rookie now um, with Bland, and 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 Bland mm-hmm. actually has, you know, he's twitch little twitchier, and he has speed, which those things you just don't have with with Wright. So to me, I'm th- I'm not even counting on Wright. I think that um, I don't. I think that he's gone. I think that they that forces them to hang have to hang on to the two veterans. You know, that people talk. I, about. Oh, dude, I think he's for sure making the roster. Right. Yeah. So they kept seven cornerbacks last year. Um, I, I cannot. So if you, you know, you got Joseph Diggs, Brown, uh, Jordan Lewis, CJ Goodwin for special teams. Um, and so even if Duran Duran Bland is over him, that would be your sixth, and Wright would be your seventh. Wright was not um, in training camp. He was pretty good last year. Um, he's just yeah, he, he was, was getting his hands on lots of balls, man. A lot of people also like the UDFA uh, out of Southern Cal. 
Taylor Stewart, Isaac mm -hmm. Taylor Stewart. He's supposed to be right in the Dan Quinn, you know, like Nashawn Long, lean, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. feisty. Yeah, I'm actually surprised so, that we didn't have some battles. We didn't have get sign ourselves another like Kennedy type player, just somebody that's just a you know just a body has you know the the experience and just some you know some depth because I I just have such little faith in the younglings you know outside of Diggs obviously but the two rookies last year and then obviously Bland's going to take a little bit to come up. So I don't know what we can get from those guys, and if it's going to be more of the same with our with our the guys from last year, then I don't know. The Cowboys are not taking any any steps, you know, forward in that that well, group. I do have a dirty I have a dirty secret for everybody. Um, our defense could play better this year than it did last year, and still get worse results. Um, so I'm just, I mean, I'm expecting regression from the defense. Um, you know, I don't care. DeMarcus Lawrence can play 17 games. Uh, Parsons can play 17 games. Diggs can play 17 games. They could all have career years, and the defense will just inevitably be worse because that's how, you know, generally football defenses work from year to year. Um, the regression of the mean is entirely real. So I expect um, I expect the quarterback play to be slightly worse than it was last year, and I don't necessarily think that's an indication of, like, really a talent thing, just so much as that's how the worm turns. Um and you still have to feel like relatively confident with Brown and Lewis. Um, they're at least NFL caliber players. Um, but I, I don't, I don't understand the nation right hate. Like, I feel like he's at least got something different, which is all of those balls that Shinobi Awuzie could never touch. This guy could like hit his help, you know, hit the ball with his helmet. No, I mean, Awuzie is there. Wright's, Wright's not there. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's got, he's got the size and I, and I, I see what you're talking about, but I mean, he just seems like he's not really able to react well enough to put himself in position to, I mean, I just haven't seen enough from him. I mean, I, I don't, sure. I don't hate him, but uh, I'm going to tell him you hate him at training camp. I'm going to say, Hey, Nation, you know Danny what? Phantom hates you. I'll be the only one wearing Beaver's gear and he won't, he won't buy it. He'll think I'm his only supporter. And, uh, <laughs> but well, uh, I think, I think our defense could regress, but, Mostly just because I think the turnovers, I mean, yep. uh, you know, most team, you're not going to get that many turnovers year to year. I mean, almost every team who's ever had over 30 always goes back to the field, so do. to speak. Yeah, to the, to you know, even a good year of 20-some, 20, low 20s or something like that. Yeah, I totally agree with, with Tony. And, and exactly, I don't think that there's going to be much mystery about that, that circumstance happening. However... I think that they the cow the, they'll be perceived as this better defense because I think uh, the offense will help them and there will create some more you know opportunities for them. So while they will regress with the turnovers, there won't be quite as many and it won't be as splashy. I think that the, the hype might be be more because I think they will show some improvement and uh, they'll just have some opportunities because the offense. I think I expect. Dolphins to play better this year. All because of Tyler Smith. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Smith. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> I thought you just said, dismissed this. Yeah, yeah, Tyler Smith. Yeah, Tyler Smith. <laughs> <laughs>
Right, right so we just, we were just talking. We were just talking about a couple of uh, you know a couple of rookie defensive backs uh, who play corner, but they also have a guy who was a rookie last year at safety in Israel Kwamu. But they also have some other interesting safeties. Um, potentially, I mean, to my mind, one of the most interesting safety rooms they've had in quite some time. So, what do you all think about the safety room, and and uh, what are you looking for from those boys in Oxnard? I think you have four legitimate like safeties you know hooker curse donovan wilson and i'm hoping that's a projection from uh israel mcquamu um mm-hmm. i guess the question is like can marquise bell like is it possible that he takes like mcquamu's spot yeah i think it's possible i mean i think sure. he's going to be the fan favorite this year he'll be the one everybody likes and you know we didn't really see you know much of mcquamu last year so um, so it's possible. I, I... Go ahead, Yuma. You're a Rabs, or I was just gonna say, Mukwamu certainly hasn't done anything to guarantee himself a spot. No. Right. Yeah. And I mean, also too, what about Tyler Coyle? I mean, there's mm. there's a player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he played some went down the stretch or like in the in the finale, didn't he get some some playing time? Yeah, too? not really. Oh, he I, think he had I think he's sixteen I think he's... snaps for the year. Yeah, I think he's fighting, like, him and Marquise Bell are fighting for, like, the dude who might be able to make the roster and basically be the special teams, you know, sort of new ace out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you, let me ask you this. Since you have Jaron Curse now, we all love Jaron Curse, and Malik Hooker is, if he's healthy, he's proven himself to be, you know, a solid player. Would you, would you keep uh, one of the younglings? Over a player like Donovan Wilson in the last year of his deal, no, you just let. I would not. Wilson's got I one more year. We're, we're not. He's not going to be on the team in 2023. Um, he might be because what might happen is he might not play very much all year, and then someone else will play. You know, Malik Hooker. I don't know what his contract is offhand. Will play himself into a bigger contract somewhere else, and then instead of signing Malik Hooker after, after an interception season, uh, we'll sign Donovan Wilson because there's only so much pie to go around. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we've seen it. I mean, that's how they like to do business. Is uh, I mean, it's literally like Malik Hooker having a great year and then leaving us for a bigger contract is and is not that different from Randy Gregory being replaced by Dorrance Armstrong. Comp pick, baby. Yeah, hooray! <laughs> I'm really disappointed. I would expect it by this time. Us talking about man, I hope the Cowboys can find a way to keep Wilson. You know, but he just, I just. You know, it just has to really never manifest. There was rumblings last year that his off-season work, they were not super thrilled with. Um, I think you guys are familiar with Joey Ikes on Twitter, who roundly was debunking this and saying Donovan Wilson was working harder than anybody and on and on and on. But whatever Donovan Wilson did last year, the coaches did not love it because he was pretty quickly, he went from, if you if I were on this podcast last year and you're like Tony, what do you want to see at safety? I'd be like Donovan Wilson. I think he's going to be awesome. And he went from like one of my favorites on the team to literally an afterthought by like week three. It felt like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they had a lot of a lot more depth last year with those, all those those free agent signings. You know, right? Yeah. And, KZ took a ton of snaps. Yeah, but... KZ. Yeah. Yeah. He was banged up a little bit, uh, Wilson, but um, still, uh, I'm sure he was disappointed with how last year panned out for him. 
Do you think that, do you think that they'll, I mean, we talked earlier about, you know, re-signing one of these safeties. I guess what I'm wondering is, is, is there, is their philosophy one that would ever, ever do that? And I mean, maybe, maybe if, if there was a guy who they drafted early, who they didn't really invest it in, but then, then there's, then that begs the question of would they ever draft a safety early? I wonder if safety is really, is really like the most, if, if in one of, if not the most disposable position for them. That's why I said that board last week was fake, man, because there's no way they had a safety as their eighth best player on the board. There's no way. Anyway, you know, um, you know yes, what? I think they view this as disposable. I will say he, he, that guy was a safety slash linebacker. I mean, he was he was a souped up version of J. Ron Curse. And you know how much they love their first round linebackers. I, he, he runs uh, he runs he runs like half a second slower than Micah Parsons, but they had him number eight. I, I refuse to believe it. I'm. I will hear nothing will convince me otherwise. I'll be on my deathbed saying, Kyle Hamilton was not the eighth rated player on their board. I, you know what? I think the Cowboys are overreactors. I think that they fall victims to their own recency bias for their own guys. And I think the fact that J. Ron Curse played the way he did made the Cowboys now start to think that, hey, we like this type of player. And so, I mean, I, I do believe they thought, you know, Scene was the, one of the best players in this draft and i just think and they did sign curse i was completely shocked that they invested you know into re-signing curse so i I think that's just that's to me it's the cowboys overreacting to their own they just fall into their own you know it's they do this all the time where they'll learn something new and then they'll like this is what we do or we we like this now or and uh so that's what that's how i see that situation and it's a pretty small contract all things considered you know yeah but it's very it's i mean the cowboys don't really why don't they just go out and get a couple more guys like that? I mean, look at that. I mean, well, because player acquisition is a twenty-four. Oh wait, we haven't signed anybody in like six months. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. It's twenty-four three sixty-five. Oh, except when there's a family vacation. That's right, and there's always a vacation to be had, dude. Mm-hmm. Hey, are we? Can we touch on special teams before we go? Is that possible? Like, uh, you know, like the uh, the specialists? Because I, I have a couple questions. Yeah, yeah, shoot. special list. I mean, okay. I, I think, I mean, I think they're, I think they're. they're is it Garibay who's the uh, the kicker? I, yeah, it seems to me that he's pretty much a lock. They, they, he's the only kicker in camp right now. Yeah, so I guess my real question is, um, uh, can you trust? Uh, do you trust a rookie kicker, or does your level of trust um, not matter because kickers are all garbage one week to the next outside of um, uh, the dude in Baltimore that for some reason his name escapes me, Tucker, Tucker. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, me personally, I don't really know. Um, I mean, we've trusted a rookie before, and it turned out to be really good. Uh, I guess it depends. Yeah, a UDFA. Yep. Yeah, it depends on really what he's showing us. And uh, I mean, they also have. Do you do? You, I feel better about him all, uh, already more than I did uh, Zerline. For sure. Yeah. Well, every, God, I hated that guy. Everybody hated Zerline, so I mean, of course, of course, you're gonna. So, but I tell you what, okay. if he starts shanking some, you know, then you'll. You know, you, he'll feel differently real quick. But I think no, that, I think that's the th- thing, though. Like, like if he starts shanking, then they'll find another kicker. I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the kickers on the street are not prohibitively worse than the kickers who are that's in camp right. right now. But no, if you they pay just a guy like a Zerline, streak. if you pay a guy like Zerline, then like he misses some, you're like, we're confident, we're confident, we're confident. It's like right. nobody else is, dude. Um, every time he lines, and I think what I like most, if this guy is 
even like if we have a kicker who even the coach is fine a little bit unreliable and we don't have to kick 50 yard field goals we can be like now we're going for it um which is you know my dream obviously um other question i want i want a guy who can only kick 17 yard field goals that's right that's exactly right that's all i want Um, kick it out of the back of the end zone that's right uh who's returning punts this year yeah, that's, oh, a, that's a million dollar question. Good question. Because this is the one thing I was actually the most shocked with in the draft, and we didn't really touch on it last week. I thought for sure they would try to find a return specialist, and I think they got poached maybe with that uh, – I can't remember his name. One of, like, the tiny receivers um, that went, like, maybe around earlier than he should have. Austin went, or Wandale Robinson. Yes. Or uh, – God, I can't remember. Anyway, one of those dudes. Um, there's no way it's CeeDee Lamb returning punts unless it's that, you know, like the midfield. Deion Sanders does Bryant sort of special. Um, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine CD Lamb returning punts all year because if he goes down, we actually have no receivers left. Well, this is Tolbert. Tolbert, that's one of the things he can do. Is that am I? Am I remembering remembering that correctly? Tolbert? Well, I just heard um, Hellman talking about it on the break today. I think talking about he, you know, the other day when when McCarthy had air, all of the skill guys out there yeah. fielding punts, and apparently. <laughs> one landed like eight yards from him, you know, that he was supposed to catch. So I don't know. I don't think he did it. I don't think he did it in college. And I'm going to say it's sort of that old uh, colloquialism where it's like, if you have eight punt returners, you probably don't have any, you know, similar right. to if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any, I have no idea who's going to return punts. And is there like a free agent available that is capable of doing this? Because I, I do not one. want, Oh yeah. Cole. So, Cole? Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I, I hate hey. him easily, like, on a personal level. Uh, but, man, like, I, if he showed up in training camp, I'd be like, all right, um, I feel better about, you know, our receiving core, and he can catch a punt. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to this. Right. He can get – yeah, he, he was always the guy that when you wanted to make sure you, he, there wasn't a fumble that you put him back mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No, so let cool. me ask you. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, give me a, a one-on-one battle you're looking forward to seeing in camp. Well, I think you know Diggs versus Lamb is a good one. Absolutely. I I think you know, we were talking about that earlier. I think they were the two best players in camp last year, and it was just awesome because it was awesome. Um, I think Diggs had an amazing camp. But he looked terrible because he kept getting beat by Lamb, who kept making incredible catches in tight coverage. Well, I, I, Diggs was the only guy that could guard him uh, whatsoever. I was actually surprised oh, by how good our I was surprised by how good our cornerback play was by and large last year. After watching um, Lamb had a better training camp than he did season. That's all I'm going to say. And by I need a Lamb wide margin, better. yeah, I need Lamb Absolutely. to be better this year. Like he's got to be a lot better. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think that. Part of the decision to, to let Amari Cooper go had to be because they feel like Lamb is on the cusp. And, and they, they probably thought that he was going to be doing that last year. And who knows exactly what happened. He got dinged up. He wasn't the same player after he, after he got his concussion. Uh, he, uh, it, was, it was strange. I agree. It seemed like he was seemed like he was just on the cusp of, of kind of like exploding and becoming the prohibitive number one receiver for this team and one of the best receivers in the league. If, if he if he had a season like he had a training camp, he'd be he'd be an all pro. I mean, he was incredible. In his expect his expectations are uh, out of this world, and so that's why I'm always left a bit cold by him. Um, it's just because yeah. uh, well, like last year, just because 
I have such high expectations for him. Uh, to answer the actual question you answered, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to do two. Um, I want to see Sam Williams get baptized by Tyron Smith just because that's one of those things that <laughs> it's, all It's an annual say. rite of passage for the rookie that's right. defensive end. That's yes, right. I want to see that. And then I do want to see, like, um, it's sort of a combo. Like, I want to see Tyler Smith against, like, Odigizua and Neville Gallimore. Um, just, like, can you can you handle them? Uh, because mm-hmm. if you can't handle them, oh, uh, we're in trouble because they're, like, five, but they're not, obviously, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Um, so uh, those those are the things I want to see. Basically, the two first-round picks, like, what can you – or the first and second-round pick, what can you do against the, the best players on the other side? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Tyler Smith and Gallimore was was going to be mine um, because I just wanted I want us to to start getting some answers as far as what we think we can expect from Tyler Smith in year one. And you know, we had a big. You've been a big Tyler Smith fan ever since we did that pre-draft podcast. I remember you saying, "I want Tyler Smith." I know we don't trade up for him. I've been telling. I've, family's in trouble. I've been trying to tell people so help get the word out. You know, you know, you heard it here first. <laughs> Um, right. But no, I mean, because yeah, we had a pretty good discussion about that last week, and uh, I, you know, I just, I, I want you guys to just, you know, I want you guys to be right about this, and I, it's, it's going to really help this team to help our interior offensive line if he's, if he turns out to be what you know everybody is hoping for. So certainly that's, that's my number one. But to throw out another one is, is Kelvin Joseph against anyone, and I just want to, okay. I want to see him. Do something because as if he if we squandered that second round pick last year, then I mean that's that's just going to be that would be like literally every other year in our life, dude. So don't even sweat it, man. Second round picks are over. It's going to ask second round pick. It's going to it's going to be different this time. Come on, it is. I'm a I'm a big boss man fan, so you know I'm I'm very hopeful he'll do well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got them all on my iPod. Did you give us one rep? No, no. I think I think I mean I the the obvious one is the one that was mentioned first. It's it's uh you know it's Lamb against it's Diggs. Fun. It's I mean it's just it's going to be so fun to watch. Um, how about? Um, well, on that note, before you get onto that, um, I'm hoping that we're able to get to the other side of the field where they do a lot of those one-on-ones yes. this year. Because yes. looking at it from the far field just was not as fun as it can be when you're uh, right there watching them. It's, right, it's, right. The, yeah. the, the COVID field was not as good an ex- no, no, experience, no. unfortunately. I, I was trying. I was trying to come up with some sort of smart alecky, uh, like second round, second string tight end versus third string linebacker kind of thing. But I, I really think that, um, you know, what? I'm actually looking forward to seeing someone like Ridgeway go again, up against Zach Martin. Okay. Sure. You know, because Ridgeway uh, Ridgeway's Ridgeway already sort of trying to assert himself. He's already trying to assert himself as like, you know, that sort of tough guy, the you know bag of nails. Uh, yeah, he's about to find out. He's gonna find his guy. He's gonna about ready, about ready to get baptized. So I'm looking forward to seeing that too. It's gonna to be fun. But but yeah, I think he's the kind of kid. He's the kind of kid who won't back down. He'll get. A, he's he's gonna get his ass kicked, but he's, he's he won't back down. So that'll be fun. I to think see. he'll. I think not only will he not back down, but he'll enjoy getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 As long as, long as he's gonna get a chance to, to rough it up, he's he's good. It doesn't matter who who's who ends up you know looking better after the fight. Yeah, I like him. Honorable. Honorable mention, uh, Jalen Tolbert against anybody also, just because, like, we really need Jalen Tolbert to be good, like, right now. Yeah, that's true. For sure. 
All right. Well, thanks, guys. That was great. Uh, I really appreciate it uh, coming on. And I, thank you so much for your generosity coming on like two weeks in a row. That's awesome. Uh, before we let you go, tell the people where they can find you. Well, I'm uh, at Yuma Cactus on the Twitter. And then also the same thing on YouTube where I normally post uh, videos from training camp. So keep an eye out for that. You can find me on Twitter crying into my son's tears at No Huddle and at the Cowboys Wire time to time writing about nonsense. Um, but just thanks for having us, guys. It was a pleasure as always. Hope to it see you guys great. in a month. Yeah, you know, a lot of fun. Yep. I, you know, we're gonna definitely have to do this again and do this, get this get this group together because there's so much to talk about this off season. And you know, as we get to start to see more stuff happening, um, for sure, I'm really glad for you guys joining us, and uh, I hope you guys will be joining us again real soon Any, anytime anytime what he said thanks guys thanks have a great night you know what rabs i love talking with those guys uh it's i i uh you know it's fun in camp and it's fun here and i uh i definitely this is something that i could see us doing again so yeah i mean that was good uh Good choice, bringing those guys. And you, you know, you got a lot, a lot of history with 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 talking with those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been going to to camp with Yuma for near nigh on a decade now. Um, I, I remember getting introduced to him at, at at camp, you know, years and years ago by um, by Shango of, of all people, who was there at camp with us one year, like in the you know 2012, 13, something like that. Um, and so yeah, Yuma and I. Uh, see each other every year at camp, make our annual pilgrimage. We usually get in touch and figure out when we're going to be there. So we make sure we overlap a little bit every yeah. year. So, um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen him outside of camp. I mean, you know, other than, other than, you know, those days, those days around camp, but every year at camp, you know, I see yeah. you, man. So it's always good to, always good to hang out and talk a little football with him. Yeah, for sure. It's a good group. You got, I was you know glad to be a part of that with you guys last year and I'm glad to be a part of that with them tonight. So, but that is our show for today. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write us a review wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything about at all, any Cowboys hot topics, you know, training camp battles, or you know, what's your favorite baseball? ballpark let us know hit us up on twitter i'm at danny phantom 24 and rabs is at rabble rouser spelled r-a-b-b-l-e-r-o-u-s-r and don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week every day we got something new for you tomorrow we'll have cowboys oi with mauricio rodriguez and sunday we'll have the world's team with meg murray and paul stewart so make sure to check those out but that's all we have for today thanks for hanging out with us hope you have a great weekend stay safe Stay happy, stay true to the silver and blue, and we will catch you later. Class dismissed. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. 
It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.